oh my Put me in coach, I'm ready to play fantasy I know I turned two in a day, but the laces ain't hot in my veins I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today And smash play, I'm prepared to listen The x flipping whip got me looking way past the pitches Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first He can say I'm ready to go <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curve But if I can't put it in the points Man, then what's it worth? I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But what they call it? Turn two Turn two, what it do? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Turn Two Podcast Brought to you by rotofanatic.com beautiful new website go check it out right now in fact go ahead pause pause the podcast go check it out rotofanatic.com uh ran by myself matt williams if you haven't checked it out yet and my partner over here michael govier joining me on the show what's up michael hey all right it's good to be back on the turn two podcast it's been a minute uh love the show and uh, rotofanatic.com is a lot of fun we got a new video on the site today you guys should check it out yeah no we're here to pimp the uh, uh the, the website in the beginning here because as uh, people have pointed out to me uh, their shows have ads and shows are brought to you by certain things. And I don't mention them ever. I don't promote myself. So it's like, I just, I talk about baseball. Uh, so shameless promotion in the front, rotofanatic.com at roto underscore fanatic on Twitter, follow everything, all of it. We have rankings. We're going to park factors coming up soon. We have Jeff Zimmerman breaking down his, his interesting strategy. He has some crazy outliers, uh, you know, check out his rank. So, I mean, in just general, we're going to talk about baseball now in a second. Not that this isn't unrelated. <laughs> Only we do is talk about baseball, Roto Fanatic, no other sports. So, hey, it is what it is. A uh, lot, of, lot of news, a lot of notes going on over the weekend. Uh, spring training 2.0, summer camp, people are calling it, yeah. uh, got started. Uh, which, you know, I saw some people hate that. The Kansas City Royals, um, their uh, graphics department put out this actually really great graphic of uh, it looked like a player. Like, you know, like you'd be a kid in a, away at a camp. Uh, they're actually in a tent and it looked like a player was coming out of the tent with like, you know, um, with a sleeping bag, but like a bat and a glove. And they were coming out in uh, right in the field of Kauffman stadium. And it looked pretty cool. So if no one's seen it, actually look that up. It looks pretty cool. But by your groan, Mike, it sounds like you, you don't care for the summer camp. <laughs> yeah, I mean, summer camp, spring training part two, the return, you know, it's very ominous and confusing. If you're out there listening to the show right now and you're confused about what's happening with the spring training, then, uh, you know, be honest. Let it out. Tell us on Twitter. Hit us up on the Rotofanatic handle and be like, yeah, this is very um, mysterious. I live in Detroit, and I get to see the Tigers play on Comerica. They show videos. They show brief 10-second videos of Matt Manning throwing a strike to nobody in particular. He's just throwing on the mound. And it's very odd to see guys practicing at Comerica because you, you don't see that very often. So I don't. Tend Weird. to know what's happening half the time, man. And MLB, MLB, ne MLB Network had like twelve straight hours of coverage on Friday, and all they did was showing batting practice, and right. people are going crazy. There's videos of Vladimir Guerrero killing balls, and people are like Luis Robert. Imagine not believing in him, and like they're in a batting cage. But hey, here's something where everyone's like, "Oh, he sucks. This guy sucks. That guy sucks." Every player in Major League Baseball is amazing at baseball. <laughs> the worst player in baseball is a fantastic baseball player. Just try to remember that. Um, 
<laughs> but you know, there's, there's some sad stuff, you know, they're doing the COVID testing mm. the best slash worst they can. I, the plan they have sounds good. Um, you know, actually getting the plan to do, you know, actually enacting the plan has proven to be harder or uh, more difficult than they wanted. Uh, they're supposed to get the test back 24 hours. Some teams have waited three days. Some teams, the testers haven't even showed up. Uh, some big name guys like Freddie Freeman have tested positive with symptoms. There's plenty of other people that have tested positive like uh, Miguel Sano, uh, Tommy Pham, um, lots of other names that, uh, you know, some of them are asymptomatic or we're not sure where they land because HIPAA, we're not technically supposed to know, but yeah, some weird. people like, you know, um, Freddie Freeman's wife actually came in, gave us some details. So that's something you just have to look out for. Uh, best suggestion is to move your drafts back as far as humanly possible. Draft them real late. No slow drafts. You don't have time for that. Uh, you have to set up a live draft for as, as close to the season as you can. And, and you just need to be prepared because you have guys like Mike Trout, who, who's, who showed up to summer camp. <laughs> uh, he has a baby on the way. He's not he's sure if he wants to pack and everything. He's yeah, got he's, that was packed. He's peanut butter and jelly. He's got some, he's ready to go. Uh, he, he's not sure if he wants to play, even though he came to spring training 2.0, he says he's uncomfortable and you know, you don't know where to draft him. I'm personally not drafting him. Um, completely. You, you would just avoid him. I would, uh, I, we were talking about it with the Roto fanatic team. And I said, right now, I would probably wait until like around JD Martinez and Bryce Harper are gone before taking Mike Trout. Because I already said, if his stolen bases were down, he's basically JD Martinez anyway, at least from a Roto standpoint. Don't get anyone to get on me about that. Um, but it's tough. You can't take someone in the first or second round that may not play. Cause even if he does play, but then he decides to take extended time off to be with his kid. And why wouldn't he? That's a big deal too. Um, you know, you have to take a, a good percentage of his, his production away. So yeah, that's true. We're talking a very fickle situation here with COVID and players, family yes. members, people who have money already. So a guy like Mike Trout is the ideal example of how do we play this out, especially in keeper leagues? You're thinking long term dynasty and keeper leagues. Mike Trout is a guy that's still going to give you great production for I mean, at least the next three or four years minimum. So I I own him in one of those leagues and I don't want to give him up. But people are knocking on my door saying, hey, man, I mean, you better trade him now, dude. But I'm like, I'd rather just hold on to it for the year in that scenario and just not even if he doesn't play, I would have him. You know, I'd be happy I'm to trade him at full price and not a cent less in Dynasty. Yes, absolutely. I'm not if someone wants to pay full price. Then that's, I think, a good deal. No clearance deals for Mike Trout in a Dynasty yes. League at all. Uh, but. Yeah, you don't know what's going to happen with guys like that. I, I'll have an article coming out pretty soon where uh, how to build a Franken player. If you lose Mike Trout, how can you rebuild him? Spoiler alert, you can't. But you can do your very best through a, you know a uh, maybe a combination of a couple players to replace what he gave you. But you have to have a plan if you're going to take a risk on some people. And you have to have a plan in general. You can't draft Mondesi and think you're set at stolen bases. If he goes down, you'll have no stolen bases. You must. You must have a diverse team in across all categories. And it's, you know, there's going to be a lot of luck involved. So you have to make sure that you are trying to get as every edge as you can on this podcast for Roto Fanatic. We talked about park factors the last couple of episodes. I, you know, implore you to listen to those. Um, you know, got to look at the schedule, see who's getting extra bats. You got to listen to the news. Um, and that's what we're going to do right now. Let's talk about the news. Let's go from team to team, division by division, and, and see what's happening because, you know, there's important information. And, uh, you know, let's spin the wheel of randomness. We won't, uh, have let any bias, uh, start like, uh, 
point to where we're going to no start Mets, here. No Tigers? So uh, spinning the wheel, and we're going to start with the Mets. Oh, it's landed on the no Mets. No way. Are you what kidding happened? me? What happened? There was no wheel, anybody. We were starting with the Mets either way. Uh, <laughs> the new manager, Luis Rojas, which, wow. Remember when Carlos Beltran was the manager? Was that five years ago? Jeez. <laughs> Did that really happen? Is How long has dream? this been? Uh, he said that he could be looking to go with a closer by committee approach, uh, which I have actually been saying all along. Again, one, who cares what a manager says? You can actually take what he says with, you know, you have to take it with a grain of salt. Um, this is just something that's very general. There's going to be tight games, 60 games, 60 games in 66 days. There's always going to be days off. So one, do you buy anything into this? And two, I've been saying all along, I'm not investing high in closers because there could be so many people used to get saves this year that I'm just afraid to do it outside of teams that literally have no one else. Like Joe Jimenez is not going to have anyone really knocking down his door. Um, Hector Neris pre COVID looked like a great uh, opportunity, which I'll still, we'll talk about that later. Uh, what do you do with people that are already COVID positive if you're going to draft them all? But uh, what do you think of the closer by committee approach for the Mets and any other team? It sounds like that's the standard procedure for most teams. I don't, know how that's news to anyone who's in fantasy plays fantasy has been focusing on drafts waiting for the opportunity for baseball to come back everybody knows there's too many guys there's a huge 60-man rosters to start that'll get trimmed down eventually that just breeds opportunity the more opportunity there is for other players the more likely it is that someone will snag a save or a guy will go in a leverage position. At a early, Edwin Diaz will pitch an eighth inning or a seventh inning if it's a tight game. With 60 games to make the playoffs, closures are going to be used in more non-ninth inning leverage situations. And you combine all of those together, I think that makes a recipe for closer by committee for anybody trying to make a playoff run this year. Yep. Um, and a couple other uh, Mets news. Michael Conforto uh, was quoted as saying that Ioannis Cespedes looks like a monster, which we already knew, but uh, <laughs> Cespedes is out there. He was playing left field. That's big what? news. I wouldn't think they would have put him out in the field at all, but he did hit the ball. He got a single off of Jacob deGrom in an inter-squad game, and they didn't let him run. So con you know, contradictory things there. They put him in the field plus not letting him run negative. I mean, I guess why would you risk anything like that? But uh, all reports says he's looking good out there. And he's even playing the field. So, uh, Jonas Cespedes, maybe we got something up there. Uh, it's exciting. Je Jed Lowry, which I just it makes me laugh. He's been injured for an entire year, and he's never been anything other than day to day. They say <laughs> the last still time he was on the field. When was the last time? I, I don't know, Lowry but they never announced. Game. And they asked him, and he said, "Oh, I don't want to give the specifics of my injury because uh, I don't want to be a distraction." What does that mean? What's wrong with him? Does he have what? Is what? What does that mean? That's like the Mets, baby. Is he gonna have like? Is, is he turning into like a, a like a kangaroo? Is he like have inverted legs? What's happening? I don't know what's happening with Jed Lowry, but you certainly can't add him into your plans for <laughs> fantasy baseball. I haven't uh, thought about him in a long time. Uh, the Philadelphia Phillies, um, Aaron Nola and Hector Neris and 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 Adam Hazley uh, all added to the COVID nineteen uh, injured list which I, um, I'm not sure what to make of that. Aaron Nolan and Adam Hazley, there's not a lot of news on. Hector Neris uh, was actually at the field, uh, which mean that um, he may have cleared his – because you have to – after you test positive, you have to have two po uh, 
negative tests within 24 hours in order to come back with a team. So the fact that he was at the stadium is probably a positive there. Hector Neris is one of those people I said, I'd still be, t- I'd love to take a discount on him because if you're asymptomatic, meaning you never have symptoms, you may have never felt bad. You, people usually don't lose a step and that could be the case here. I'm not going to pretend to know anything I'm talking about in regards to COVID, but uh, Hector Neris is, or anyone with COVID who has not shown symptoms, I wouldn't be shying away from him. There's plenty of people where we're just not going to know their, their situation, but if it's, if it's, if it's out there that they had no symptoms, I think I'm just happy to take the discount. If not, I may not be disc. I may not move them in my ranks at all. What do you think? Yeah, I suppose that's true. I do <laughs> find that if a guy is asymptomatic and d- can come back from a quick response, why not? Because in the end, their bullpen is still messy. But David Robertson is getting such an extended recovery time here that he could be more of a factor too. And if he's still got something left, that's the only guy that really concerns me. I know. There's other guys in the bullpen that might be challengers to Naris, but I think I think you're making a lot of sense. I don't think Naris should be bumped down too much if he can come right back on the field. If Sir Anthony was still around, there'd be a worry. But with him gone, be, just yeah. due to actual injury, it's it's tough um, to to for anyone else to probably take that job. That's from him. the main guy I would have thought of if he was maybe still Nick available. Pavetta. Is Nick Pavetta going to be a thing finally? Uh, Although with Aaron Nola, they're saying Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler may not be ready for the start of the season. They probably need Pavetta in the rotation, but you know. I, I don't know. Love to see Pavetta as a reliever, a closer. Finally, him and Vincent Velasquez. I thought they would be great closers eventually if they just were given the role. If they were put in the situation by Joe Girardi or Florian Office said, you know what? That's it. It's time for you guys to just give us an inning or two and get the most, get the ideal situation on them. You don't want them facing a rotation or a lineup for the third time through. That sounds like a nightmare. Yep. Uh, the Atlanta Braves. Uh, Felix Hernandez opted out just today. Um, Nick Markakis opted out, which I don't know how many bats he was necessarily going to get. He did a good job for Atlanta. If anything, for me, uh, Adam Duvall, he, you know, he, he, he was off his game for a couple of years, but, uh, he usually puts up a pretty nice pace last year in limited games. He had like a 50 home run pace, but before that, he's typically around the 30 home run pace in a short season. If he's going to get at bats with Markakis out, I mean, he's free probably it's, yeah. I mean, that's the news here with, with this, you know, there's other players here who um, we'll talk about on the Braves that are, that are sick. But as far as Marcakis, that's the only actionable information for me is that maybe it opens up some out of Duvall at bats. You're laughing here. So I don't know. Are you just not a Duvall fan? Uh, yeah, that's what it is. Wow. You read it so well, Matt. Duvall is a guy who I've always dismissed. I dismiss him, but he keeps coming back. He's he never gives up. And this guy gets one opportunity. He can crank out 30 bombs in almost like a hundred games. So I got to give him credit for that. He deserves respect. And now he gets a bump. Austin Riley was already going to get a bump with the DH. And now it's just more of a guarantee. I really like Austin Riley in this situation. But, you know, if Duvall's a guy you need power from, if the ball changes and goes back to the old ball, he's still a guy that can give you power. So in that sense, let's, definitely a let's, guy to pick let up. Let me ask on. you a question. Let's just assume that he plays. Let's just say he gets every day at bats through DH or outfield, whatever. He gets every day at bats, Adam Duvall. What's the big difference? Again, if he's just healthy, again, usually 30 home run pace in 60 games, what's the real difference between him and Joey Gallo? In 60 games, over 162, Gallo, you know, had maybe has a hot streak in him that's definitely going to come and maybe he can reach 40-50. Adam Duvall and uh Joey Gallo, I mean them being I don't know 200, 300 
400 picks apart. I don't even know. I don't draft Adam Duvall. <laughs> he could be 700 picks apart for all I know. Um, that's so I'm not directly comparing him. It's just that's why I skip. I've said this, I've beaten this over the head. You know, it's like beating a dead horse, but that's why I skip power and no speed because it wouldn't shock me in 60 games if Adam Duvall was close enough to Joey Gallo. Like if they were both batting 240 with around 17, 18 home runs or, you know, 15, 15, 18, it wouldn't shock me because what's the difference going to be three home runs, which again, in 60 games is a big deal, but not where you're drafting them because the batting average certainly won't be that big of a difference. They're both going to steal zero bases. The only difference would be is if you play in a points league, walks, maybe an OBP league. Yes. Gallo has really improved his OBP, but that's it. I don't see much of a difference. A 240 hitter. Both guys have hit around the Mendoza line, too, in their careers while providing power. So you might be on to something there, but it would be format specific. Yes, Roto. Yeah, boring, boring Roto, which, you know, is classic. Uh, Tuki Toussaint, uh, COVID-19, asymptomatic. Will Smith, asymptomatic. So... No worry there yet. He could be a guy you can get a discount on. Obviously, Mark Melanson seems to be the one everyone is targeting, but there's probably going to be a uh, a platoon in most in most um, bullpens, especially if there's a righty and lefty. So, you know, if you're drafting one brave, you probably should draft them both. Uh, and Freddie Freeman, he tested positive. Everyone kind of knows that at this point does have symptoms. How do you feel about a guy like Freddie Freeman? Because we know that that's something where it could take you a while to get back. One, will he come back? He could just get through this and be like, all right, I'm not even going to bother with this with my whole family. I'm going to stay home for the year. But if he does come back, he may not ever be quite the same. And he was already kind of nursing injuries last year. And you got to take him in the early second round. I completely disagree with that. I think this guy's on a playoff caliber team that has World Series aspirations. So he's definitely going to want to come back. Now, you are correct. He's symptomatic and this is a real issue. But I... This is a still a young guy who will recover. I believe that. And that doesn't mean everybody will, but these are some of the best athletes in the world. And I know that he's also going to get the best, you know, treatment. So even with the elbow, he played through that elbow thing last year. It was brutal for him and he still could produce. Now, maybe this, the value takes a hit, but he will definitely be on the field. And I really wouldn't ding him more than quite honestly, a round or two. I, I honestly believe that. Now I could, I could be wrong, but that's how I feel. Who would you rather have? Uh, Ozzy Albies or Freddie Freeman? <laughs> well, I definitely rather have Ozzy Albies. Because... All right, apples and oranges. Let's go apples to apples. Freddie Freeman or Matt Olson? Well, right now, um, I guess I'd take Matt Olson. Freddie Freeman or Jose Abreu? Freddie Freeman. I would take Jose Abreu. Just because of the certainty, you like you want it reliability. I, mean, I want it bats, and even if he comes back, there's a good chance they give him extra days off because of this, and that is a big deal to me. Fair enough, you're right. So I, I mean, we don't we don't know how he'll respond yet. Oh right? no, we know nothing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just talking out of our ass here, but that's all we can do. Um, right. You know, and Abreu is always always underrated. We talked about that a, a month or so ago. He's an underrated guy, so I still think that Freeman. We'll get the advance, and that's what we're going to find out. That's why we do this. Prognostication, baby. <laughs> uh, the Washington Nationals, uh, Davey Martinez, has named Carter Keboom the everyday starting third baseman. No shit. Uh, people have been arguing with me about this for some reason. He was always going to be the third baseman. It was always going to happen. Uh, yeah, they have Starlin Castro. They have uh, they have Howie Kendrick. They have Asdrubal Cabrera. They have Trey Turner. They have a crowded infield. Ryan Zimmerman is sitting out. 
So that frees up first base for Eric Thames and maybe Howie Kendrick. We don't know what they're going to do with the DH. Carter P. Moon was always going to start. He's actually my pick for National League and um, Rookie of the Year because he will play every day on a cal- on a playoff caliber team. Obviously, Gavin Lux is the other the other big name because the pitchers were not, not sure how long to be out there. But Carter Keyboom, fantastic value going way too late in drafts. I, I love it. Hey, um, count me in. High five me on that one. If we can high five, I would do it. Uh, NL Central. Uh, the St. Louis Cardinals. Uh, nothing, nothing really big there. Uh, Giovanni Gallegos has tested positive for COVID-19. We don't know if he's symptomatic or asymptomatic. The interesting thing there is Jordan Hicks will be back. Coming off Tommy John surgery, though. So you got Gallegos, the favorite for saves, COVID. Jordan Hicks would have been the unanimous closer uh, coming back from Tommy John surgery. Is it almost been a year since Hicks' surgery? Yeah, yeah. He will He will be probably with the team opening day. Wow. That's but incredible. you would assume that they will be limiting him. Definitely. He's certainly not going to be the ace in the hole. He's... What if Andrew Miller alert? Can we get another opportunity? Maybe, he looks uh, so brutal. Yet. He looks so brutal in spring training 101. Uh, one, 101. Yeah, kind of 101, 1.0. Uh, <laughs> if it wasn't Gallegos or um, or Hicks, I would love to see Alex Reyes in that role, who hasn't shown oh, up to camp go. yet, but here we don't we know why. Carlos Martinez and Alex uh, Reyes. Um, I know, John, uh, you know the, the president of the team, John uh, Mosliak, said they, they could be compromised. So I don't know if, if that's never a, they tested positive and we're not telling you, I don't know what it is, but it could be, you know, sometimes just, you know, they're both international players. Sometimes just getting here is sometimes a pain in the ass that just happens. So we don't know. It's, you know, it's silly for us to, to say that, but as far as the Cardinals um, closer situation, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, If anyone drops, take a shot. You just got to be willing for, you got to be willing to take a zero on it. There were more green card uh, restrictions that came along the last couple of months too. So, excuse me, that's legit. That's a real issue. But at the same time, I think that Andrew Miller, if he could just give you, I don't know, 10 saves, would that be amazing? Well, that's not crazy. The Cardinals are going to be a good team that could win games. You sell that crap somewhere else. I ain't drafting them. You ain't making me and I ain't doing it. By the way, and Reyes, I want to say this. I want to get this on the record. Reyes is like the lost city of Atlantis. He's just this, he's this thing we keep searching for, you know. It's never gonna happen. I, I loved it. it. I bought it's in so, so many times. I'm injured, I'm hurt from it. I really am. I'm kind of hurt by Reyes. <laughs> uh the Milwaukee Brewers, another interesting situation. Josh Hader, the number one closer off the board. Again, this isn't a surprise. They use him in multi-inning relief, especially this year, where they only have Brandon Woodruff to rely on in the starting rotation with a really weak back-end rotation, they're going to need Josh Hader to mop up a lot of a lot of innings. And he could be doing that in the middle of the game. And now the news is Corey Knebel, you know, remember him, fantastic closer, one of the best in the game, will be ready for opening day. Uh, obviously, with an elbow injury, we're not entirely sure how long his leash will be. But one thing's for sure is Josh Hader's not the closer. He's going to be getting saves. But Corey Knebel's not the closer. This is definitely a committee. But Corey Knebel is someone I think you obviously have to grab. And if you have Josh Hader, it wouldn't be, you know, I, I'm all about um, handcuffing people. I mean, you can grab other people's handcuffs too and screw them a bit. But uh, if I have Josh Hader, I'm picking up Corey Knable because I think they're both worth owning anyway. But um, Knable, yeah, value. Well, I'll never forget it. I'm a Tigers fan. Corey Knable lives on at infamy for another guy just kind of giving away for nothing. But nothing will ever top the uh, 
Alfredo Simon, Eugenio Suarez trade. But uh, Canepa was basically given away for nothing, and he's a great player. He's healthy. He'll be ready to go. And even though Hader is the cream of the crop when it comes to relief pitching, Canepa was once upon a time a similar guy. So they have a luxury, and that will hurt you fantasy-wise. I say drop Hader down. Don't be taking him in the fifth round or sixth round. That's crazy to me. It is. Yeah, people, you're paying a lot for him. The Cincinnati Reds, who are a dark horse uh, for a lot of people to win. And I shouldn't even say dark horse. They're a, they were they were a trendy pick yeah. to win that division with that you know that rotation and that new lineup. Uh, Rotofanatic.com. We just put up a dark horse MVP article. Everyone on staff. We actually have Mister Doctor uh, Mike Carter and uh, Rob Cacuzzo uh, both picked Nick Castellanos as their dark horse MVP candidate. Go Rotofanatic.com. Check that out right now. Um, the news. You know they're not the- alone. They're not alone. So. No, no, no. Hey, people are on board with that. Uh, a couple of shoulder injuries in spring training 1.0. Eugenio Suarez early in spring training hurt his shoulder. Nick Senzel's always injured, had an injured shoulder. Apparently, they're both ready to go. Eugenio Suarez now becomes a perennial undervalue. Uh, so, you know, make sure you, you put him on your board. Trevor Bauer says that they may start him every fourth day. Now, what do you do? Because I say innings are gold in short season. I said that before. Uh, I say that with innings pitched and at bats, except I was off Trevor Bauer because I think he's going to suck because I think he's not very good. I think that his one good year was a little bit of a mirage. So what you're left with is a pitcher, a strikeout pitcher, who's going to get volume, meaning more strikeouts. But he's also going to have more opportunities to damage you badly every fourth day. So is that volume a plus or a negative for a guy that could sink your ratios on a more continual basis? Or are you taking those counting stats? Is this a positive or a negative for Trevor Bauer in fantasy? As someone who drafted Trevor Bauer in TGFBI, I would love very I would welcome this very much. I believe in Trevor Bauer. Uh, I don't love everything he says, you know, but I don't hate everything he says either. I like a guy who speaks his mind and tries to expose the boring old school way baseball does things. So I welcome the kind of insight and inside baseball uh, information that he brings. So as far as a fantasy unit, though, if he burns you, that's the risk you're going to take. I would rather have a guy that I can trust in a contract year. I know contract years don't guarantee production, but he's going to give you uh, more starts, more innings, and on a team that's good. So if you're in a Roto League, wins, he could give you more wins. He could give you more Ks. But yes, he could make your whip and your ERA go up with one or two bad starts. So this is the fantasy showdown that's happening in 2020. Do you want a guy who will give you less starts, but each start is gold, like a Jacob deGrom? Maybe he pitches every fifth or sixth day, but every one of them is outstanding. Or would you like a guy who gets the ball every fourth day and runs the risk of hurting you more? I don't think I'd... I think I would like to have Trevor Bauer. I already liked him, and I know that we disagree on this, but I think he's a guy, if he gets four starts, I would love that. Four day taking the mound, taking a 25% advantage over every other starting pitcher. That's huge. I would like to, to step in with the Jacob DeGrom thing. I don't think he'll be a six-day. If anything, I, I think they pitch him on regular rest, and then if even if they have a six-man rotation, he's not a part of it. He just pitches on regular rest no matter what. I think he's going to be up there among the innings, like usual, among the innings pitched or innings per game um, leaders. Uh, Pittsburgh Pirates, there's not much to say here, not a lot of news. Um, Joe Musgrove, he came out and said he felt much – he felt he feels good. The thing – the reason why this is a concern is last year – 
Uh, you know, he made a lot of strides at the very end. He picked up velocity, started elevating his fastball. And that's something we really like to see. Um, his strikeout rate kind of went up. We we know how devastating his secondary stuff is. I did a thread on him. If you check on rotofanatic.com, I, I have my entire player thread index or check it out at Matt Williams, M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. 77 ims Just put in hashtag 2020 player breakdowns. Joe Musgrove, I did all the work there. Uh, but he ran, he got run down in regular spring training 1.0. Um, which, you know, was a little bit of a concern, but they, you know, they, they downplayed it then. He says he feels great now. So I'm on Joe Musgrove. Uh, he is their ace with Chris Archer gone. So yeah, just, just good news for Musgrove, but man, it's just, it's just one of those things that make you think how bad is next year going to be with injuries where you have these people like, Oh, you're getting all this extra rest. And now people are going to be going really gung-ho for 60 games, but they're only going 60 games. And for pitchers, it's obviously way less than 60 games. And then next year, you're going to ramp it back up. I mean, I, I fear that people, if not handled right, that we're going to see a lot more issues than even usual. I guess that's a possibility. I would like to think that they adjust to the situations in the front office as much as anybody else wants to make sure that these guys are protected, I hope. So I would think that maybe in the offseason, they would get early on the retraining. Hey, we got a big season coming up. We have to be prepared for that. But you are right. That is probably going to be some people who take the fall on this. But as far as Joe Musgrove, he's my number one target on a rotation that's pretty awful otherwise. I know there's some Stephen Brault truthers out there, and that's not me. Mitch Keller, there are people who are still expecting things from him. I'm also not a fan of that either. So Joe Musgrove, to me, is the... <clears throat> Ace of this staff, I guess. But I will tell you all, by the way, Matt Williams. He is an ace. Your breakdowns, are, your breakdowns are like the best in the biz. And I'm not just saying that because we're on a podcast. They've got great gifts and tons of detail f- for multiple seasons, projections. That's where you want to get your player breakdowns, everybody. I don't want to shoot my own horn, but I do think I do a good job uh, because I, I put a lot of information in a concise area and I kind of summarize, I think, everything you need to know. Um, I try to keep my opinion out of it until the very end where I get my projections, but I just try to lay out all the information, positive and negative. So definitely check them out. The Chicago Cubs, um, nothing I can really think of other than yesterday, you Darvish decided to grace us with a new pitch. He already throws nine pitches. The Supreme. Now, the Supreme. <laughs> yeah, the Eliminator, the Humiliator, and the uh, the Exterminator, or whatever the one's rookie wild thing Vaughn throws. Uh, the The Supreme. Uh, which appears to be a like a split finger two seamer from what I've been told, which two seamer splitters are already sinking fastballs. So two seamers are sinking fastballs. So I'm not really sure what he's doing. He's probably just, I don't just don't hurt your elbow. You, you don't need another pitch. What are you doing out there? Um, but I don't know. I mean, it's interesting. There's nothing actionable there. No, I mean, you Darvish is one of your favorite players this year. So I'm sure you're excited to hear he's got another pitch. Is that, 11 pitches now, 12 pitches he has in his repertoire. Yeah. Yeah, he's crazy. Uh, uh, going out to the West, San Diego Padres, Kirby Yates, not at summer camp yet. Uh, COVID-19 scare, not for him, for a family member. Uh, he'll go through the entire intake process, which is like, I guess, getting your tests and then being allowed into the building. I already liked Emilio Pagan. Um, as someone late, because I love to punt saves. So I'm James Krinchak, Emilio Pagan, Diego Castillo, Aaron Bummer. I'm own, I'm owning a lot of them. I don't know what you can really do here. If you're drafting today, which again, don't draft today, wait for as long as possible. Um, I'm probably not moving Kirby Yates. Not that I was ever drafting him to begin with. Um, I am moving Pagan up maybe a little bit. Um, I have that group of pitchers I just talked about. Maybe I move him to the front of the line. 
But uh, nothing else, really. Anything uh, to add on the San Diego fathers? <laughs> uh, I, Pagan burned me last year. I, I think he's growing. He'll get better. But he did give up a lot of home runs last year when he was with Tampa. And I think one of the reasons they moved him is they didn't feel he could be the everyday guy. But in an ideal season for him where he can vulture in, this could be a perfect season to kind of snag that. By the way, tomorrow we've got uh, the Cy Young. We're going to be releasing our Cy Youngs on rotofanatic.com. Yeah, dark dark horse Cy Young picks. And maybe, I'm just saying, it's possible. Maybe somebody chose a reliever on this staff. I'll leave it at that. Well, bye. <laughs> oh, it's possible. Uh, the Los Angeles Dodgers. David Price, one of the uh, players uh, with no COVID symptoms, just opting out just uh, for safety reasons. You know, but uh, you know the a PSA: Don't chase down players. Don't scream at them for sitting out. You know, it's tough to be in someone else's shoes if they have an opportunity to. Just think about this: They're not screwing you. They're not stabbing you in the back by like you know letting you or your team, his team down. Think about how much when you're like, how much money does he have? Yes, think about how much money he's not taking. He makes a lot. He's leaving that on the table to be with his family. Respect it, even if he did. Just leave it. Just respect it. Respect the decision. Leave it at that. Um, that opens a spot up in the rotation. Julio Arias. No, this doesn't help him at all. So stop it. Whoever you're listening, just stop it. They're going to be careful with him. I swear. Uh, I mean, if he's not, I will happily admit I'm wrong. I do not think this changes his outlook at all. I don't think it gives him any more innings. They have a stacked bullpen with Ross Stripling, with Dustin May, with Gonzalez. They have a lot. So who's it going to be? I immediately said Ross Stripling for two reasons. One, he can be a starter. If not, if Dustin May is removed, he is now the Josh Hader, uh, where you can go multiple innings and probably mop up all the wins Julio Arias is not getting. Um, that being said, Ross Stripling and Alex Wood, on top of Clayton Kershaw, have already thrown three inning simulated games. So it looks like they, you know, Alex Wood's already in the rotation. Ross Stripling, it looks like they could be stretching out there. So. Uh, and Ross Stripling even said himself he, that he's ready to go six in, innings immediately. So Stripling's the guy, in my opinion. Dustin May's amazing. I don't mind taking a flyer on him, but Stripling's the guy I'm moving up, and um, I would I would like to to get in there. I'd actually rather, honestly, I'd rather draft Stripling than than Julio. Ooh, now oh, Julio's going to Julio's going to cost Julio's going to cost more. So you know that that's added into that. You love value, hell, I love value too, and that's why Alex Wood has been on my radar. Pre-COVID, pre the whole season, he's did great work on driveline in the offseason. If he can get his fastball velocity up to at least 93 miles an hour, which he did do in spring training the beginning, I believe that he's going to be a real difference maker. Now that David Price is out, he could get more opportunity. He was going to start anyways, but now he could get a couple more rounds at the higher end of the rotation, possibly. He could could possibly be their number three. I'm not kidding. So. But the Ross Stripling value is great. I think you're right on the money with his ability to go between the bullpen and the rotation and not really lose a step. It's a good call. Uh, Colorado Rockies, not much there. Charlie Blackman, he already knew, tested positive for COVID. He, um, we don't know much in terms of what to expect from there at all. I was out on him before this, so it's not hard for me to say I'm completely out now. Dissipating speed. Uh, overvalued in fantasy drafts, in my opinion. The the only real news here, again, you know, be healthy, Charlie. Take care of yourself. Hopefully, you'll be back soon. If he were to be out or opt out, it would just be more Brennan Rogers. Uh, I mean, it would be you know, I mean, it would Brennan Rogers. Um, his shoulder is now okay. Might actually come on the radar. Garrett Hampson now 
we already knew is probably going to get close to everyday bats at second with them saying Daniel Murphy will be the DH moving McMahon to first. This would be the, if Charlie Blackman needed some extra time or decided to take some for him and his family, this would obviously be the Sam Hilliard news. Everyone's been waiting to hear. Not that you want to hear it this way. So everyone's like, no, I'm not praying for him. You know, I, I hope he's fine. But I was saying, even if he comes back, you never know. I don't know how you do it. And if that's the only, for me, if I'm reading this news, the biggest information for me is, okay, maybe Sam Hilliard gets something out of this. <laughs> that's that's well, kind of it. Matt Kemp is in the house now. Oh, boy. <laughs> I forgot about that. I forgot <laughs> about him already. But you're right. Anytime you can remove one variable in the Rockies equation, that's a good sign for all of us because the old bit goes with the Rockies and their decision-making. It's always a nightmare. <laughs> uh, for the, the Giants, I, I got nothing. And the Diamondbacks, I got nothing. I I, I don't really... I know nothing. <laughs> There's no information there that's worth talking about. Let's go over to the American League. Uh, the American League East, Tampa Bay Rays. Everyone keeps moving up, short-inning pitchers like Julio, Arias, and uh, Jose Jesus Lazardo. Another one is Tyler Glass now, who, again, we have a Cy Young dark horse thing, and so one of our team members, I think, is fascinated with Tyler Glass now. You saw what he did in short innings last year. They announced he will not face any workload restrictions in 2020, which I never understand why anyone announces this. Why would you tell anyone anything ever? I, I would be misleading people like crazy. I'd be Tyler Glass now, like has a sprained eyelid. I'd just be lying constantly. <laughs> but, yeah, they need to go to the Patriots school of media, you know? High yeah, yeah bullshit. Nothing but. Uh, but Glass now, where are you throwing him? Because he's someone who'll probably have one of the bigger min-max spreads in the first, like, you know, top 25 to 30 pitchers. Um, or some people may not even have him there. Well, some people have him towards the, the very beginning. Uh, real quick, who would you rather have, Tyler Glasnow or Lucas Giolito? Giolito. Who would you rather have, Tyler Glasnow or you Darvish? You Darvish. Tyler Glasnow or Aaron Nola? Aaron Nola. Even with the COVID situation. I've been big on Aaron Nola, so that's a personal choice. I could be wrong. I think you hate Tyler Glasnow. That's all I'm here. Tyler Glasnow or Brandon <laughs> yeah. Woodruff? Tyler Glasnow. There you go. You found okay. somebody. I, I want to mention real quick. I did take Bauer over Glass now. They were both available when the season was going to be normal <laughs> in the no. TGFBI. They were right next to each other. I decided to go Bauer. I just I trusted it more. I looked at what I saw and I believed that he would get the opportunity. And Glass now scared me at that. All point. right. Have you seen trading places, Eddie Murphy? Of course. Would you like to make a one dollar bet? Yes. Tyler Glass now versus Trevor Bauer. Uh, we'll go with assuming both are, are healthy for you know 60 games. No COVID. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll go. I don't know. How about Rasball Player Reader? Ooh, sounds good to me. Let's do All it. All right. One dollar. Yeah. <laughs> On the board. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's uh nothing really else in the uh, the Tampa Bay. Um Austin Meadows was uh was not there for Saturday or Sunday. But uh, he's expected to come in late. There's some people like Marcus Stroman didn't show up for the Mets. He showed up on time. So I don't think there's anything to worry about. Here. Uh, next team up, Boston Red Sox. Um, Eduardo Rodriguez. He was not in camp. Uh, he was uh, someone. He doesn't have COVID, but someone he knows has it. Hmm. <laughs> you know, that's constant stuff. So we're still waiting on results for him. Again, don't draft today. Wait this stuff out. I love Eduardo Rodriguez as a, um, a value. I do believe he's a poor man's Aaron Nola. Um, and I, I, if, you know, if I think if you like Aaron Nola, you should like Eduardo Rodriguez too. So if he were to miss time, I don't even know what the heck this means. Uh, they have no one there. They have no one on the Red Sox rotation, but someone's going to have to get innings and their bullpen sucks too. 
It does, but Evaldi was hitting triple digits. They said over the weekend he's looking good. What year is it? A... 2014, 2015, 2016, 2017, or 2017, 2018? Yeah. 2018 World Series was less than two years ago. He was great, <laughs> so we'll see. Yeah. Um, I'm just saying a deep cut. That's a guy who might give you value if you're drafting him 300-plus. <laughs> uh, DJ Stewart had microfracture surgery on his ankle. He's ready to go. Uh, I love him. We talked about him in the Orioles breakdown in a short season. You know, obviously Austin Hayes, I'm enamored with, but DJ Stewart, man, he's got some sneaky tools. And uh, the only issue is he's going to be batting at the bottom of this lineup. And if you're batting at the bottom of a bad lineup, I don't see where the value is, but keep track. You know, you never know what happens in a short season. People could go down at any time. And it's always not going to last either. It's not going to last. But the one thing with the Orioles who refuse to put even Ryan Mountcastle on a 60 man roster, if someone goes down, DJ Stewart's probably looking at everyday at bats. So everyday at bats are a thing. That was a technicality, I think, too, because of the you would have to put guys through waivers if you were going to take them off. Why would you take them off? I know. I don't know why. I'm just saying that I think they were being extra paranoid than other teams. But the Orioles, the Orioles, they're just the worst. (laughs) <laughs> they don't look great. You're right. But I like their future. I really do. <laughs> uh, Toronto Blue Jays, nothing much. There's that beautiful video of Vladimir Guerrero destroying baseballs. That was that was very fun to watch. Go on Twitter. Oh, and uh, actually go into our MVP, uh, Dark Horse MVP article on rotofanatic.com. Uh, there's, uh, we actually link the, the video of Vladimir Guerrero in there as one of our uh, staff mates actually picked Guerrero as their Dark Horse MVP. Uh, the Yankees, Garrett Cole is one of those guys, along with Mike Trout, who people were worried about missing time because his wife was going to have a kid. She already had the baby. Congratulations, Garrett Cole. Uh, so, uh, you know, that's good news as far as his opening day status, I would assume, as, you know, the uh, his wife is no longer at risk as she was. Not that you want to be bringing that back to a newborn baby, but the risk is very different than when she was actually pregnant. So good news. Um, DJ LeMayhew tested positive for COVID-19. Just another thing. We know nothing. You know, uh, bu- I would bump them. Uh, if you're drafting today, again, don't do it. I would bump them back to the yeah, point of probably not taking right. them. He's really going to want to be on the field. It's, again, another guy in the contract year. He's going to want to get back as soon as possible. And uh, he's generally a really durable guy. So, of course, I can't prove because he's never had COVID before. Like, there's no history for me to go back on. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say. He had good... COVID in 2014, and he came back in two weeks. By the time he got the plague, he came back fine. <laughs> The plague is back, by the way. It's inside Mongolia. Watch out, guys. And um, Masahiro Tanaka. Uh, if you didn't see that very scary video, took a line drive right in the head from Giancarlo Stanton, a guy you do not want to be taking a line drive to the head from. Um, he's, I think he seems fine. He's been diagnosed with a concussion. You know, no shit. <laughs> uh, but he walked off the field with his own power. So that's good news. You know, get well, Tanaka. That is horrible. Giancarlo Stanton, obviously, you know, spoiler alert, hits the ball hard. Um, I live near Philadelphia. I went Citizens Bank Park, Marlins versus Phillies, back when Michael Stanton um, was uh, hitting balls out to left field. And anyone knows where Tony Luke's is, great place for cheesesteaks and roast pork sandwiches, deep into the concourse in left field. He hits a home run, hits a guy right in the back. That guy had to go to the hospital. Tanaka was like 15 feet away. This guy was in the deep left outfield like concessions and he had to go to the hospital after getting hit, not in the head, but in the back with a Giancarlo Stanton home run. This guy hits the ball hard. And I bet that guy was probably drunk. You know, he's at uh, your ball game. It's Philadelphia. You know, I've, I've been there a few times. My personal yeah, it is, experience. It is what it is, right? Wow. Um, 
<laughs> I feel like I'm forgetting. I'm not forgetting a team. AL Central. Um, Michael Kopik not in camp for personal matters. I don't know what that means. I think you know? we do, but okay. Well, maybe I we mean, don't. he's going late enough where if you were taking a shot on him, you're taking a shot. So it's it's this this guy's as good as the next. Uh, you know, take yeah, take your role. Um, so yeah, nothing really there as far as uh, any actionable news. Kansas City Royals, Salvador Perez, positive for COVID nineteen, asymptomatic. Uh, as for now, I would not move him. You know, just because again, I'm just going on the data. People that are asymptomatic typically don't end up getting symptoms. Typically, feel fine. Um, so I think we're probably okay there. Cleveland Indians. The big news here is Cookie Carrasco, Carlos Carrasco, who actually had cancer last season, um, was treated, came back, uh, in the bullpen. Fantastic, you know, great story, great guy to root for. He says he's absolutely never even thought about sitting out and he's going for it. So, I mean, a couple of things I, I, I don't want to like celebrate this if you know i i don't know if this is a mistake or anything but i can just say it's it's you know it's, it's a personal decision he seems very excited about it you know good for him i don't want to say you know this guy has balls because i don't want to for anyone to say like someone else like david price doesn't uh that's not the takeaway here it's just you know this is a guy a great guy to root for and this is just another thing like you know he's out there doing his best you know don't boo this guy <laughs> he's a guy you need to be cheering at all times Cook, carlos carrasco is the man yeah, I'm a Tigers fan, and we, you know, really don't like the Indians. By the way, I thought the biggest news was that they're going to be the Spiders now, and everybody's creating their own Cleveland Spiders logos on Twitter. Which <laughs> well, hold on, though. Well, you know, the Cleveland Spiders were actually the original Cleveland baseball team, like in the 1800s. Oh, I thought they were also called the Naps, though, as well. I'm not kidding. Like, like they could Naps, have been uh, Nap Lujois, That old, he was one of their great players. They had a bunch of weird names too. So, point being is that as a Tigers fan, we don't like Cleveland. That's how it goes, but I will always, always root for Mr. Carrasco. A great story. I'm a human being. I got feels, so good for him, and I hope he does well. And uh, Minnesota Twins, Miguel Sano, COVID-19. Don't know if he's symptomatic or asymptomatic. We know nothing. What about the kidnapping thing? Is that over, or is that just a joke? <laughs> yeah, what about the kidnapping thing? Uh, it ended up being like he told his side of the story, and it, and, and evidently that was good enough for the authorities. He had said that some apparently some really bad stuff went down. We won't recap it now, but uh, Miguel Sano was basically what it sounds like uh, dealed out some vigilante justice that probably needed to be dealed out. Um, but again, I wasn't I wasn't there, obviously. <laughs> uh, that would be oh, weird if I was. That would but, be weird. Yeah, but yeah, for now, you know, we don't know everything. Apparently, he's he is cleared and, and ready to go as far as that goes. Uh, Williams, uh, uh, Willens, Os, Ostadillo, Ostadillo, uh, help me out here. I'm I'm awful with this name, and I apologize. Uh, you, you did a great job, Matt. Good job. Little uh, Bartolo Jr. Uh, catcher there for the Twins. He tested positive for COVID nineteen, asymptomatic. Shouldn't have been a fantasy asset anyway. It's the Mitch Carver show uh, over in Minnesota. So, I love that, by the way. I love Mitch Garber. Just want to make that clear. Get that on the record still. <laughs> uh, and Rich Hill's alive. Um, are you excited about Rich Hill in a shortened season? Where, well, why don't we go over this? Your school of thought, because I've talked about this at nauseum with other people. Injury prone people, do you think, oh, he only has to survive 60 games? He can do this. Or, you know, he's going to get injured really early, like typical. I mean, 
the second he gets a blister, he's done for the year. So people are like, Garrett Richards, he only has to go 60 games. I and mean, this guy usually gets injured within the first two weeks. So what does it matter? So Rich Hill, are you in or out? Uh, let's see. We did a, uh, you know, on my Palazzo podcast, we do a little bit called Shine or Ride the Pine. And I basically give a projections for a player. And you say, hey, is he shining or riding the pine? And Rich Hill was 47 innings. That was projection according to uh, Mr. Steve Paulo. I was using his projections, and people were not buying it. 47 innings, no way. It was just it was dismissed completely. So that's one example of people not buying into a guy who's injured. If he's injured, he's always going to be injured. But on the flip side, I do want to say one of the guys I picked for our Cy Young article is a guy who's known to get injured a lot. But since I have a sunny disposition of him. I said, hey, this is perfect. He won't get injured because it's only 60 games. He could give a great streak of, you know, 70, 80, 90 innings pitch. Hey, we'll see. Uh, going out to the American League West. Texas Rangers, their beautiful new ballpark that no one knows how it's going to play. Uh, Jose LeClerc, apparently they could be using him in multi-inning situations. Uh, I love Jose LeClerc. I think he's a great value at closer. If you're into taking a mid-tier guy, he's probably like one of the guys I target more often than not if I actually want to lock down someone a little earlier. Oh, yeah. That being said, if they use him for multi-inning situations, kind of like who are you targeting here in the Rangers bullpen? Because it's not like they are like have people knocking down the door. Sean Kelly noise. show. <laughs> Sean Kelly returns. He never goes away. <laughs> You just think it'll be Sean Kelly? I mean, like, I, I'm not sure there's anyone here. Because I said before, if you, like, draft certain guys, you're going to want to take a handcuff. I'm not sure there's anyone here that stands out as someone I'd actually want to own. So as far as actionable advice, if we're looking at um, LeClerc, if he goes multi-innings, that means someone else will be in the mix uh, because uh, they're going to try to win more than one game. I mean, Rafael Montero, no thank you. JC Chavez. Cody Allen is sitting out there. Uh, in the in the in the pen, I don't know if he's healthy enough to to kind of get going, but um, yeah, I I don't really like much what I see uh, in this pen. So I think Jose Leclerc is honestly the only guy that I'd be I'd feel comfortable drafting. Um, you know, if there's ever a change there, there could be someone that jumped up though because saves are important. So if you had to bet on someone to jump up and start and be the number two here, who do you think it would be? That's a nightmare because you know every time we talk about our team breakdowns on this show, I always bring up Jose LeClerc right after you say Joe Jimenez. That's what we're waiting for, waiting for good value, guys who aren't at the top of the draft heap but will get you a lot of saves. And if LeClerc's not an option, it's really kind of bogus. I mean, Derek Law, he's a non-roster invitee. Once upon a time, got a few saves for the Giants and even the Blue Jays last year. So I don't like that. I do like... Cole will be Allard, though. And if he's not going to be in the rotation because they've beefed up the rotation with Kyle Gibson and Kluber and Jordan Lyles, I do like his arm, and I think he's underappreciated. So I would go with Colby Albert, actually. I hate everybody. Hey, I mean, have Rafael Montero as a former Mets fan. I mean, he, he doesn't he, he doesn't he's supposed to not walk people. He certainly did when he was on our team. Uh, he, he, he seems like a decent bet. Um, for safety, but not a prototypical guy you'd like to see close. Jesse Chavez looks like he's someone that could could get in the mix as someone who he strikes out about a person in inning. They they literally don't have a good fit. I would say if Jose Leclerc is going multiple innings, they mix and match completely and, and probably spread this entire. I don't think there's a guy who steps up. Uh, but that's just one of those things you have to keep an eye on uh, as a, as a fantasy baseball fan because this is a uh, is definitely going to be a interesting situation. 
Uh, Houston Astros, they got a couple of people that are, um, you know, COVID related. Uh, Josh James is expected to, to be back. He says he was attending a personal matter, apparently not related to COVID-19. Don't know what, you know, but just have to take him his word for that. So is what it is. Jose Arquiti also not, uh, in camp with an undisclosed condition. You know, I don't know. <laughs> we don't know. None of us know. Uh, if I, honestly, I mean, it's, it's unfair again, be healthy. Number one, we hope everything is great, but we're talking about fantasy baseball here. He's Jose Arquiti's in an area where a lot of interesting pitchers go. I would probably, if drafting today, again, don't do it. Uh, he's off my list. I'm just, I'm just crossing him off. Yeah. I like Brad Peacock too. He could be mm-hmm. great at certain times. Last year, he had 11 strikeout game. He can really throw it. If he's healthy, he had shoulder problems towards the latter half of last season. But if they need someone to step in, they have a, you talk about uh, relief areas or bullpens that stink like the Rangers. This is the opposite of that. They have all wealth of options. Yep. Uh, Angels, we already talked about Mike Trout. He is in camp. He appeared to be the only one wearing a mask, um, which is just weird, That's watching cool. him run around doing his thing with a mask. His mom he, tweeted out for him, said, hey, if Mike Trout could wear a mask, then all of you can while he was rounding second base. So. Yeah, he Good said for he's, Mike Trout's mom. He says he's uncomfortable being out there. Uh, he, he is there, though, so it's big news. I would expect him to be away at minimum for a week, probably two weeks when his, when his baby comes. Um, it's just very difficult to gauge. Again, I said, I'm probably not drafting him to the point. I said, I move him back to the second, late second round, which means I'm probably not getting him. Even if I'm there, I don't know if I'm even taking him. Um, just even if he, you know, even if he does play, which I think he will, he could miss a significant amount of time. Uh, Griffin Canning, who obviously he was, he was a popular sleeper coming into this year. He had elbow problems in spring training. A lot of people thought he could be looking at Tommy John surgery. That didn't end up being the case. All this time off really helped him. He says that he actually feels 10 times better and feels rather normal. And he already can throw 60 pitches. So Griffin Canning, uh, a guy I'm wholeheartedly avoiding still. I I don't like to lean into elbow problems like Blake Snell. If you have an elbow problem on record this year, no, I'm not drafting you. There's other people available. Well, I will say, once again, TGFBI, he plummeted so much because that was when he had the elbow issue. He's he's on our uh, waiver wire. He's on our waiver wire right now. Is he still? Wow. Okay. Well, they, they haven't run. Well, they haven't run waivers for that yet. Well, okay, that's fair. But nobody drafted him. I thought somebody would. I mean, that's a deep draft. That's a fifteen team, two catchers. Well, dur- well during the time, during that time, where because all the leagues go obviously a different pace. During the time where where he maybe could have gone, it looked certain he was going for Tommy John surgery. At a certain point, it looked like surgery was going to happen for sure, and it just you know it just didn't go that way. That's true. But I took a flyer on him in like the 30th round. I'm not kidding. And maybe that'll help me out now. There's no risk that late. Yeah. So, hey, he's, he's now very interesting. Um, yeah. If you can grab him, you know, the talent is there. And with Andrew Heaney being the opening day starter, uh, you know, he has his own injury issues. Dylan Bundy's not a sure thing. Uh, you know, Griffin Canning could be looking towards having a, a decent uh, role here that uh, they're going to need him to step in. Oakland A's. You know, uh, Jesus Cesardo hasn't been around yet. They're awaiting his COVID-19 uh, results. So just another thing to look out for there. Hours already out on Lazardo before the shortened season. Thought he was being overpriced. Then he got pushed up even more with the shortened season because people think, oh, there's no innings limit. Uh, who, who It won't matter. He, I, I said this again, beating a dead horse. He's, ne- he's pitched over five innings once 
in his entire career, including the minors, once. Once. What makes people think he's going to be like let off the chain all of a sudden and, and just go crazy? If he won the rookie of the year, wouldn't shock me. If he actually ended up being a scion candidate, wouldn't shock me. The talent's immense. But where are you taking him? People are taking him over freaking Tyler Glass now. You shouldn't. What? You shouldn't do that. I'm not doing that. I never would do that. Good lord! I, uh, the, oh, absolutely. he's going. He's going very high. I, actually, I'll let you talk for a second while I look up usually, his uh, ADP. Uh, yeah, usually Lazardo got a lot more run, at least in the early drafts. And I'll admit it, it's been a while since I drafted. We've done a couple mock drafts, one on Rotofanatic about a month or so ago, and he went. I want to say around the hundred pick area after usually that first kind of two tiers of starting pitchers after glass. Now after Brandon Woodruff, even, but some people will jump up and snag him. And that I don't understand because one, five, one time, five innings. That's wild. One time over, 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 over five, one time over five innings. That's a ton of hype for a guy that maybe needs to show us. He's even if he's immensely talented, which he is, we got to see the durability first. All right. They're not taking over glass. Now I totally exaggerated. Um, Glass now currently in NFPC is going uh, 65th. Um, Asus are going 79th. He is going over. Uh, he's going over Trevor Bauer, uh, Frankie Montas, Sonny Gray, James Paxton, Lance Lynn, Mike Soroka, Shohei Otani, Zach Gallen, Denelson Lamette. Uh, all guys he shouldn't be going in front of him. In my opinion, like nowhere near it. I mean, I would rather have Eduardo Rodriguez at 151. I'd rather have Lance McCullers at 176. But I think that's his area he should be going. He should be going in the Matthew Boyd, Carlos Martinez, Mike Minor area. I think that is where he should be. Okay, so yeah. Jesus Lazardo is a guy that is getting drafted too high. That's why I have no shares of him. Every time he went in a draft at a certain point, I was not willing to pay that price when I'd happily take even a Matt Boyd. I'd rather have Matt Boyd than Jesus Lazardo. Like here, here a couple of guys going, um, a couple of younger pitchers. Zach Gallen, Jesus Lazardo. Zach Gallen is going to be, you know, who knows where he'll slide in in that rotation for Arizona. He should be third. We don't know where he'll go. Mike Leak being gone obviously helps there. But uh, last year, people don't understand, he actually went seven, if not eight innings, most of his starts, giving up two or less earned runs. I mean, he had a, not only did he pitch well, he pitched deep into games. So if you're looking for a young pitcher, like look at their track record. It's like, you know, you're just not sure we're going to get out of these guys. Um, you know, it's just – it's just a matter of value. How much you think you're going to get out of him? Hunjin Rhee is going 148. Kenta Maeda 149. Um, you know, there's you know people that are going much much later that will probably end up again in a season where innings pitched matters are a better bet. So uh, that uh, that is Jesus Lazardo, and does I believe that covered everyone? I think we covered every single team. We did it. That's cool. You know, it's funny. We didn't even mention this. We went by division, but we're looking at, you know, lumped in divisions together. We got the MLB West, the MLB Central, and the MLB East. So, Yeah, so we'll see what the heck ends up going with that. Um, Rotofanatic.com. I don't know if we know. We mentioned it throughout the entire uh, episode. Uh, go over, like we said. <laughs> check out uh, check out all of, our, uh, all of our Dark Horse MVP candidates. Mine was Kyle Schwarber. Um, so I don't know if everyone, I don't know if it draws any eyebrows, but I absolutely wholeheartedly believe that he's in for a monster, uh, a monster 60 games here. Who was your player here to give a little tease? Who'd you, who'd you pick out? Well, I thought about it hard and maybe this is controversial, but I went with Marcus Semien, even though he finished third in MVP last year, he's not being drafted. Like he's a top MVP candidate. So I'm very excited to see what he can do combining the good defense 
the steals, the power. Very exciting. Yeah, I love how fantasy baseball annoys you, uh, real or not. Like DJ LeMahieu and Marcus Simeon, MVP candidates, top five. Nope, not according to fantasy baseball. <laughs> you get nothing. Uh, so yeah, uh, go check that out again. Rotofanatic.com. We're having our own uh, park factors: left field, left center, center, right center, right field for every stat you can imagine. It's going to be awesome. Something a really great tool you can use to break down your season. Uh, I am your host, Matt Williams. You can find me at M-A-T-T-W-I-7-7-I-M-S. Definitely follow the show at Turn 2 Podcast, the official podcast of rotofanatic.com. Mr. Gauvier, you want to tell everyone where they can find your work, what you're up to at the website? Well, thank you very much, Matthew. Well, you can find me at MJ Govier, G-O-V is in Victor, I-E-R, at Twitter. That's where I'll be. I'm on the website. We just released our first video, kind of introduces everybody who's on the team. And get to know Rota Fanatic. We have a pretty exciting team. And Tuesday and Wednesday, the rest of this week, we're going to be revealing our Cy Young candidates and our bus. So each staff member will be revealing those on the website. I'll be doing more videos. Uh, we'll be doing more pods. And as spring training or summer camp, the return continues forward, we will be releasing more information. We'll be keeping track of all of that. So thanks. Hooray. All right. Thank you for listening to the Turn 2 Podcast. We'll be back. Uh, I don't know when we're coming back. We come back whenever we feel like it. Me and John, and we'll be moving averages. We'll probably be back tomorrow talking about whatever topic week comes to mind. So enjoy baseball. Hopefully we get some more test results. Everyone continues to be safe. Follow the protocols, and we get this thing, this show on the road on the 23rd. So, yeah, fingers crossed, everybody. Go to rotofanatic.com. My, oh, my. <laughs> Coach, I'm ready to play fantasy. I know I turned two in a day, but the lace isn't hot in my veins. I can turn two in every way, so I turn to you two today and smash play. I'm prepared to listen. The X flipping whip got me looking way past the pitches. Statistics all that I know, and I know that who is on first, he can say I'm ready to go. <laughs> I ain't trying to steal second or third. Cause I wanna win first How am I to put all of these numbers to words I know the terms from A to Z It's like a gift and a curse I know the difference between a splitter and a curve But if I can't put it into points Man, then what's it worth? I need the truth I need knowledge Found this podcast with all of it But what they call it? Turn two Turn two What it do? Win leaps Catch out Catch out